think Joe Flacco is actually a very elite quarterback. I would say absolutely he is an elite quarterback. Tom Brady has my vote for the greatest to ever lay some up. Tom Brady, greatest of all time. She got my vote. Number one man, greatest quarterback of all time, hands down, Tom Brady. I'm supposed to be a franchise, but we in here talking about practice. We talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Tuesday, November 6, 2018. How the fuck we doing? Monster Mangus here in the studio recording episode 31, The Gang Goes Abroad. If you are unaware, this is End of Regulation, the platform and podcast that provides you, the follower, the coverage you want, need, and deserve in sports and entertainment. We seek to help you stay informed, entertained, and potentially wealthier. And you might get off. In order to do so, you need to make sure to check us out on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and our new website, endofreg.wordpress.com forward slash, where we have a bunch of really good write-ups that will keep you constantly entertained, uh, both on the shitter while killing time at work and just on your commute home. Wouldn't be able to do this uh, without the Stu crew, so let's go ahead and introduce them. Hailing from Tennessee, home to the longest continuously running radio program in the world, the Old Grand Opry, Mr. Shakes Jernigan. How we doing, kid? Uh, it's it's uh, the Grand Ole Opry. Uh, I'm going uh, uh, to excuse okay. that. But also, I, I fucking profoundly appreciate you like uh, giving that a shout-out. So, yeah, Grand yeah, Ole Opry. Absolutely, man. Uh, you know, Johnny Cash. Thought I'd throw Loretta a little bit Lynn. of history in there. Yeah, Johnny Cash. Yeah. All, all so, so I don't have that southern twang, though. You know, you know I blew it there. <laughs> it's all uh, Next on the mic, born and raised in Plymouth, Mass, known as America's hometown, Tommy Lasagna. How we doing, brother? That's right, baby. All the way from. Uh, we're doing good tonight and uh, ready to get going. Very cool, very cool. Well, lastly, uh, we have a very special guest to me on tonight, hailing all the way from Madrid, uh, one of our strongest supporters over in uh Across the pond, I should say. Um, so, Inland we'll Europe. go ahead and introduce him. He's best known as Big Al. How we doing, my friend? Yeah, what's good, boys? Thanks for having me. Uh, gee, special shout out to you uh, for making this happen, and uh, let's get it going. Yeah, well, we appreciate you coming on, especially uh, the fact that it's 3 a.m. and you're sick is a huge plus. So, uh, we'll make sure uh, to keep it brief and make you look good. So, for tonight's agenda. Uh, we are going to talk a little bit of college football. It'll be brief, I promise you. Nothing much to talk about there. We'll go over winners and losers uh, in the NFL from this past weekend, who we're liking, who we're excited to see for a little bit of a playoff run. We're going to hand the mic over to uh, Big Al to talk a little bit about Champions League. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit of about MLB free agency, as well as some NCAA college basketball. So a smorgasbord there for you all. We're going to wrap up with some banner and buzzer beaters uh, and hopefully keep you guys uh, entertained the whole way through this crazy-ass ride. So we'll kick it off right away with some college football. Quick takeaways. Honestly, nothing much to discuss. Like we mentioned, roll tide, Bama in five. <laughs> uh, nobody is going to beat this team. So want to hear from you guys kind of what your thoughts were from this 29-0 whooping. Uh, and what the outcome is going to be for the rest of the season. Yeah, um, 
I mean, as if everyone didn't already know it, I, I'm, you know, I'm sure there are a few crazy-ass people out there uh, saying we want Bama, of course. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, they, they are just far and away the best team in the country this year. Um, they showed that in every single game they've played this season, but LSU was obviously the best opponent they've played, and they still, you know, shut them out 29-0 um, in Death Valley. Am I wrong? That was in Death Valley. No, yeah, no, it, was, it was in Death Valley. That's what made field. it so impressive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, that, yeah, that's right. Uh, LSU, I believe, I can't remember how many years. It was like the last 28 years, 30 years, something like that. They've been shut out at home four times. All four times were to, to Alabama. Um, and three of those were in the Nick Saban era, I believe. So he just has their number, obviously. Uh, he's been the fucking thorn in their side for – for the better part of a decade now. I don't know if you guys caught it, but the Alabama fans were chanting, we want Bama uh, at the end of that <laughs> yeah, game. Yeah, so, that is ruthless. <clears throat> it, it's just basically come down to the fact that there are no other players. Uh, That's what you call getting football. cucked. That, that, yeah. <laughs> they, they, they were cucking people in their own stadium. I, I actually saw, um, I, I saw on Twitter, somebody described the game as a hate fuck. And I thought that was like oddly accurate for sort of what went down. Just, it's just demoralizing. And if if there was one team to like maybe beat Alabama, I thought it was going to be LSU. This Tommy, was like the most. Yeah, you could you could say that LSU looked like dickheads. They were huge fucking dickheads <laughs> on their own field. Poor fucking Coach O. ESPN no, but... blew him up all week of this, this big hero, this big savior. And he got embarrassed. Of course he did, dude. I mean, no offense. Everyone loves him, but he has the IQ. He has an IQ of like maybe sixty-six. A wild boar. You know, like he reminds on. me a lot of a wild boar. Uh, Nick Nick Saban's over there playing chess, and uh, Coach O has never even heard of checkers. <laughs> well, I uh, I won't kind of um, talk about it too long if you guys don't want to, but I jotted down some notes. Just from what I thought and what I read uh, from this past weekend, from some of the games that I saw, but the the you know kind of hyped up LSU Alabama match did not come out to be what everybody anticipated, um, and a lot of people say that the Big Twelve kind of stole the show this weekend um, with three specific games, that being West Virginia versus University of Texas, Oklahoma State versus Baylor, and Oklahoma Sooners versus Texas Tech. Um, being the three kind of most electric games of the weekend, um, some of which super high scoring. West Virginia, University of Texas put up a combined like 1,100 total yards, um, and we got to see kind of Will Greer hang himself all over the field um, and finish that game up, I think, 42-41, to 41, right? With that extra point, yeah. two-point conversion at the end there? Yeah, that's right. Um, by the way, that like Will Greer... I th- there was like nine seconds on the board or something like that, uh, but that that pass at the end of the game to um, you know bring it within reach uh, when they were down seven, most beautiful little flick of the wrist, oh flick of the wrist, um, shout <laughs> shout out, um, but no, it was a beautiful pass. He was like running running to his to his right, threw it off his back foot, but it ma- he made it look in- incredibly easy. 
Um, there were two guys like sort of trailing his receiver who was running up the seam into the end zone, uh, and he just caught it right there over his shoulder in the back of the end zone. It was fucking perfect. Just one of those throws where, like, after the game, Dana Holgerson said, you know, uh, he's a pro playing playing a college game. And it, it was very obvious there in the, in, at the end of the game. It's been obvious for a while with Will, Will Greer. So, um, yeah, that, that to me by far was the best game of the weekend. Um, the, I also the other one that I wanted State to highlight, game. which was super cool, was that Sooners-Texas Tech game. Um, and I'll just quickly touch upon this. Uh, the 2016 matchup where they put 125 points up, this matchup uh, did not have as a high combined high-scoring game. It ended up being combined 97 points. But what's super cool about this is that uh, Mahomes and Mayfield, two individuals who are now playing in the NFL, got to watch their alma maters play uh, on Saturday and then laced up against each other uh, on Sunday. Um, and we're actually behind the 125-point uh, game in 2016 – um, so kind of kind of crazy to think about. It goes um, it goes even further beyond that. As a matter of fact, uh, before Mayfield went to Oklahoma, he was a walk on at Texas Tech, and uh, Mahomes and he were on the same roster at least for a short while before he wow. left Texas Tech. Um, bas- basically, he was you know as a true freshman walk on. He won the starting job, and in the off season. Uh, he wasn't guaranteed the starting job, I think, probably because Mahomes came in, you know, as a as a recruit, and then basically he left. So they they've been uh, they've been each other's foes for uh, quite some time now. Pretty pretty cool. Yeah, very cool. Um, all right, well that's that's all really I've got for uh, college football. Unless you guys have any last kind of tidbits before we roll on to the NFL here. No. No, let's uh let's get to the NFL because I got a I got a bone to pick with this Jacksonville Jaguars team. All right, well let's do it. So as you guys know, let's usually we do a little bit of winners and losers. Yeah, we'll yeah so we'll talk about the I'll positive, good news, and then the bad news. Yeah. Um. So NFL winners for this week, uh, Saints go ahead and take down the Rams, control home field in playoff. Um. So here's the thing. The Rams are undefeated uh, going into this game. Drew Brees fucking smirks, laughs, throws just an outrageous amount of fucking touchdowns, goes ahead and ends their perfect season. Uh, loved every bit about this. I love watching Drew Brees play. I think he is one of the most entertaining electric individuals in the NFL in terms of quarterbacks. So not much of a surprise here um, that they came and hung yeah, on, complete- on uh Jared Goff and the Rams. Uh, yeah, no, I completely agree with that. Yeah, um, uh, I think the Saints team is fucking sick. Go ahead. Uh, Breeze goes off week in and week out. TDs left and right. Uh, Alvin Kamara is unreal, too. Um, their O-line's pretty solid, and I just like the, their coach overall. I think Sean Payton's just an aggressive coach, and his play calls and just about everything, I just think this is the team to beat this year, um, other than the Pats, which is every fucking year. Yes, sir. <laughs> I will. Uh, I'll happily agree with that. I think the 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 confidence that that team plays with and the weapons they have makes them the the most dangerous team at this time. Um, one other weapon that might have emerged this week is Nick Mullins out in San Who? Francisco. 
has everybody saying who? Jimmy G. Who? Who's Jimmy G? <laughs> My dude for the future is Nick Mullins. This kid was on cloud nine the other night after just lighting up a piss poor Oakland Raiders team, and I couldn't have been happier for this kid. Uh, especially on. given given <laughs> the the season that this 49ers team has had, just essentially completely plagued and ruined by injuries, and to see this kid come out and just roast. The Raiders was just it. Was, it was a spectacle. Um, I'm glad that that was an entertaining. You know, I got to disagree with that because, um, as opposed to these like other primetime games we've been having, but uh, I, I, come, catch that video? I think it's complete bullshit that, that on the Thursday night we're watching a one and six oh. team square up against a one and seven team, uh, and I think the NFL needs to get their shit together, and you know, either reschedule games or not schedule them. You know, not schedule every fucking game at the beginning of the season you know, kind of base it off records or what the public's going to want to see on a Thursday night and not some fucking crappy uh, Oakland versus fucking San Francisco. Um, I think they need to switch that up a bit and, you know, kind of get better on scheduling games and who's playing where and when. I also think the fucking game in London's bullshit, but that's just me. Yeah, I personally I hate that game because you have everybody just like it. It bothers me if you're like wearing a, a jersey of a team that's not participating in the game you're at, and that's all you get well, at Wembley Stadium. You see no fucking shit. NFL jerseys, you see NBA jerseys, you see baseball jerseys. <laughs> it's it sports, baby. We're just here for sports. Um, get the fuck out of here. Shakes, yeah. talk to us a little bit about Demarius Thomas. Uh, you know he's. Sh- I wouldn't say he showed out. Uh, three three receptions. That's that's somewhat healthy. Uh, he he existed. Uh, that's good. It's he didn't have any he didn't have any bad plays. I'll say that about that. Um, so obviously Demarius Thomas, you know, was just traded recently from uh, the Broncos to the Texans, and in his first game uh, as a Texan, he was suiting up against his former team. Uh, they went right to him, as a matter of fact, uh, on the first pass, on the first play of the game from scrimmage for the Texans. Uh, they, like, swung a little screen pass out to Thomas. He took it for, like, 35 yards up the field. Um, so a, a little bit of a, you know, a shot there at his old team, sort of uh, I still have it type thing. Um, but he he looks good. I mean, I just like the fact that uh, he is still a big-bodied receiver, you know, a possession-type receiver. He's not the fastest guy on the field per se. But he he's just big enough to you know create some space. Obviously, their entire goal is to take some attention off DeAndre Hopkins and open up the middle of the field for the tight ends as well. Um, so it's a nice pickup for them. Really had absolutely nothing to lose, and they're streaking right now. You know they've won six in a row or seven in a row. I can't remember six in a row, I believe, after being like one and three. Um, so can't they they can do no wrong right now. Texans are hot. Well, we've uh, we've only got a short list of winners. Get that wing as out you, uh, Yeah, as you guys could all probably tell, we uh, aren't very positive around here. We like to go the dark route. So we're going to talk about some L fucking seven wieners this week in the NFL. Um, first on that list, the Buffalo Bills. I don't know what the hell is going on with this organization or this office. Um, but they need to just like maybe call in Roger Goodell and ask if they can put the, the season off to the side and just kind of like start from scratch because 
In the beginning of the season, there was foreshadowing to this with Vontae Davis leaving in the middle of a game, uh, and it seems like he did the right thing because they are atrocious. And if you are looking to make some extra money before we get into beating the bookie, uh, just bet your money for the rest of the couple, the weeks that we have remaining in the NFL against the Bills. Yeah, uh, Because I Nathan Peterman is just an absolute clown. He's actually uh, must. Is, my take on that, though, is Nathan Peterman is must-watch television. So, oh, 100%. But in a way, the Bills terms, need to keep him. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. But they've got to do something because at this point, um, they, they are – the laughing stock of the NFL, um, you know, even no doubt about that. Having a team like the Giants that are one in eight, um, you know, coming off a of bye week, probably going to take another L. This team is just like the laughing stock, so um, definitely on the loser side for this week and probably the remaining weeks. Yeah, it fucking it sucks that there's so many teams that are like truly horrible this year. I got, I feel like there's always one or two, and as of recently, it's been the Browns. But this year, there's like I can count five or six of them. It's like I would rather go to bed than watch you guys. Play. Credit to the Browns, though they are by far, I think, the shit, uh, the best shitty ass team this season. <laughs> I would, I would agree. Uh, one team I would, I'd love to fucking throw in the mix here is the Jacksonville Jaguars, <laughs> and. I know they've dealt with injuries all season with Fournette and Yeldon in the backfield, and Bortles has been playing like he's hurt. He's been playing like his arms and legs are broken. Uh, but <laughs> So they're coming off a bye, and they're prime time uh, November 18th, and since then it has been canceled uh, because head coach Doug Marone came out and said in a press conference that his team does not deserve to play on primetime football, that they are that bad. So Wow. That, and that's a big statement game against Pittsburgh, too, at home. You know, honestly, I and think that's a says, great move no, by the we're, NFL we're and by even and now they're playing the coach himself. Block. I mean, that's kind of what so, I was talking about earlier. Watching that Thursday night game, you got to yeah. shake things up there. We can't be watching a 1-6 team play a fucking 1-7 team. Like, if it was like two teams that were 0-3 or 0-4, then like – Maybe, but like these two teams were clearly out of playoff contention, playing for absolute shit, and it was just a waste of a Thursday night in my mind. <laughs> this Monday night is going to be the same, just FYI. Oh, yeah. Speaking of Monday nights, mm. did anybody watch last night's game? Uh, I caught a quick, uh, quick glimpse. Yeah, Cowboys defense let me down. Uh, I lost to Harrison. Definitely. In our fantasy league. Uh, I would say at least uh, maybe maybe not on here just because we haven't talked a whole lot about it, but uh, just in my personal circles, uh, no one's been talking more shit about Marcus Mariota and this Titans offense um, than me in recent weeks. Just sick and tired of seeing zero steps taken forward um, over the last like three years, you know, including the coaching change this year. Uh, but finally, you know, he he really looked like an NFL quarterback this this. Monday uh, made some incredible throws, including one insane one uh, into like triple coverage right down the middle of the field. But um, the more important story is the Cowboys fucking suck, and they have sucked for over you know a decade, more like twenty years. And Jerry Jones just refuses to make any changes. Fuck Jerry Jones to his organization whatsoever. That fish-eyed uh, fuck. 
uh, Troy Aikman is having a fit in the media, telling everyone who will listen that Jerry Jones needs to make some fucking changes around there. He's not doing it. They're just they're ass, man. I mean, Dak Prescott, he's a good guy. I honestly, I think he's like sort of the least of their worries. Uh, I don't I don't hate Jerry Jones coming out to defend him all the time. Uh, they're just not a complete team anywhere else outside of him and Zeke Elliott. Uh, the the Amari Cooper move uh, was you know obviously going to help them a little bit, but the rest of their team is still ass. So they 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 took a half a step forward and they have about seven steps to go. I I just picture Jerry Jones as like the warden from the Longest Yard. It's like this that's exactly old, what it's, same dude same smug bastard, and it's going to catch up to him eventually. Um, His players are going to turn on him. Also, shout out to just. Speaking, going back to getting cucked in your own stadium earlier, um, Kevin Bayard, uh, the all-pro safety for the Titans, um, picked off a pass and ran to the Dallas Star and did like a little jig. Could have been a Fortnite dance for all I know, but uh, he was having a little jive out there. Uh, Obviously, the Cowboys took offense to that, came out, started a little scuffle. But, I mean, when you get your own logo danced on in your own Monday Night Football home embarrassment, yeah, come on, man. That's about. That's yeah, about you 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 and, really and, hate to see it. NFL and Fortnite just teamed up. Yeah, uh, talk about that. That's pretty nutty. You. I don't I don't really know much about it, but they're going to release a bunch of skins that have jerseys on it. Um, so hopefully I'll be able to get to wear uh, TB12 and just around, run around and get fucking killed the entire time. <laughs> that's not very nice to say. <laughs> Tom, do you want to? Yeah, Tom, do you want to wrap things up about? Um, Vegas this weekend? Yeah, the biggest loser of them all, uh, which is great for us, is Las Vegas, who took such a monster hit just the, the Sunday after game, afternoon games at, like, the 1 o'clock games. Uh, I, I saw they lost, like, $24.5 million, some crazy oh. shit. Like, people putting in, like, $100,000, $200,000, on uh, the, the Steelers, the Falcons, and the Chiefs were some of the most lopsided bets in in history, at least for the last twenty five years. For some of these bookies, uh, I was in on that action, which we'll we'll get to in a minute. But uh, I'm just I'm just glad to walk away on the winner's side of things for once. Well, you know, everybody says Vegas always wins, but uh, you know, not last weekend, baby. Well, let's uh, let's expedite this process and just get right into it for beating the bookie this week's uh, segment, so we can talk to them a little bit about how they can take on Vegas next week. Yeah, so two for three last week on my part with the as I said the Falcons and the Steelers hitting, and I went against New England on primetime football. Just had a gut feeling. Uh, I'm sorry, Tom. I didn't. I didn't mean that, Tom. Um, so I'm just going to go back to it. Sorry, what? No, I was just saying if he's listening, he's sorry, yeah, Tom. Oh yeah, I hope he's listening. Um, so first and foremost, my lock this week is going to be the New England Patriots. Um, we are heading down to Nashville to play the Tennessee Titans. And I think Bill is just going to be ready. You know, Vrabel is the head coach. He's going to know everything Vrabel is thinking. Um, we've we've had great success against Mariota thus far. Uh, so I'm I'm taking the Patriots. Uh, and then the next next pick I'm probably leaning towards is the Saints at 
uh, minus four. They're on the road in Cincinnati, but uh, A.J. Green is hurt, and the Saints are just rolling right now. Uh, obviously, there's a little bit of a, a letdown after that big win against the Rams. There's the possibility of that, but I just don't see it happening. I'm taking the Saints. I'm also going to take the Falcons, minus four. They're at Cleveland. Um, and, you know, last week I hit on this Falcons offense being ready to just kind of click. They did last week against uh, the Skins, and I think they're going to do it again this week in Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland just doesn't have the, the weapons to keep up with them. And let's see, one more. I got one over under for you. Uh, I'm going to take the over in the Rams and Seahawks game. The Seahawks have scored 24 points in the last three games, which is pretty decent considering the state of their offense and the weapons that uh, Russell Wilson is working with. And I think the Rams are just due for uh, sort of a bounce-back win after last week. They're going to come out, they're going to make a statement and probably hang close to 40 points on this Seattle team. So I I think that over is well within reach, and I'm going to lock it in. Very nice. Um, my one and only pick for the week is going to be the Jets-Buffalo matchup uh, with Jersey at minus eight. I'm going to go ahead and just kind of reiterate what we've already mentioned. We will continuously put money on the Buffalo Bills losing as long as NP is at QB1. So... <laughs> That bum is going to continue to put money in our pockets, and it should put money in your pockets if you're fucking listening. Brent, any picks for the week? Yeah, uh, I'm going to just uh, I'm going to ride Tampa Bay minus a point and a half um, versus the Redskins. Uh, Redskins, per usual, seems like the recurring theme for for most of my life now. Uh, just decimated by injuries. Uh, this time, it's their pretty much their entire line up front. Um, I think uh, they're they're honestly going to have to go away from their be- bread and butter, which this season has been, uh, you know, Adrian Peterson. Uh, Alex Smith has not been able to prove whatsoever this season that they have, like, a down-the-field passing threat. A lot of the guys who uh, they suspected, you know, Josh Doxson, Jordan Reed, um, Jamison Crowder, they just have not been the, uh, the threats that anyone thought they would be. So I'm taking Tampa Bay, minus 1.5. Um, Look for O.J. Howard. Just continue his fucking streak. He has been unstoppable uh, ever since he came back. So, look out. Very nice. Well, that concludes our uh, Beating the Bookie segment as well as our NFL segment in general. We'll go ahead and transition over uh, to chatting a little bit about the Champions League with Big Al, who is coming to us live from Madrid uh, with kind of a real insider's perspective <clears throat> on what's going on. So I've kind of put together some questions here uh, to throw at you just to kind of start things off. And uh, the first being, in terms of Liverpool, uh, what are your thoughts well, on Liverpool? Um, honestly, I watched that game. That was one of the uh, earlier games with that new Belgium. Champions League format. Uh, I don't know Eastern time. I'm guessing it's 12 p.m. It's a 6 o'clock start here. And then they uh, have a 9 o'clock game here, which is a 3 p.m. start Eastern time. Um, I watched that game. Liverpool looked like shit. Uh, completely let PSG and Napoli back into the group. 
Uh, um, I'll touch up on that game in a bit, but yeah, they looked really crappy uh, against Red Star, which is an absolutely disastrous team. They managed to find their way back into the group. They now have four points, um, and Liverpool's leading the group, tied with Napoli with six points, and PSG's just a point behind them both. So, um, yeah, really, honestly, it was an easy win for them today on the road. They couldn't get it done. And it's completely opened their group up again, and they have a chance of not qualifying now as a result. Um, but I think they'll be good. I think they'll get through. Um, I think, honestly, it'd be good, best for soccer fans and just soccer in general, if PSG were to get knocked out of the group stage um, after spending the millions and bazillions of dollars they drop uh, on the transfer market every year. Uh, that being said, Definitely a little biased, kind of what I'm hoping for. Uh, I fucking hate Neymar, and I can't fucking stand Mbappé. Um, but, yeah, that Napoli game against PSG was good. Um, Napoli looked much better. PSG's defense is just absolute ass. That kid Marquinhos needs to retire. He's only, like, 23, but he fucking sucks. Um, and, yeah, as for tomorrow's games... Um, Definitely, I'd say Real's a lock. Kind of hard to say at this point in the season with everything that's been going on with Madrid. um, Coach firing and no replacement for Ronaldo and so on. It's a shit show, but I'd definitely take Madrid tomorrow on a lock on the road. I like Bayern Munich, too. And uh, I like Man United drawing Juventus on the road as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, basically, he touched on it a little bit uh, himself. Uh, my question stemmed around PSG and obviously their defensive struggles, like you just talked about. Uh, what is sort of their outlook in this Champions League race? Um, are are they just toast? Is it is it re- reset time? You know, for them after after signing the superstar Neymar, uh, what do you think about them? Obviously, you have pretty negative thoughts on PSG. I mean, definitely, I just don't think they play in a league uh, week in and week out, which is competitive enough. So when they get around to playing the European competition against teams like Madrid or Barcelona or even the English teams who are, you know, struggling to win their league games week in and week out, um, I think it's it's tough for them to compete at an international level, no matter how good of a squad they have. Because the games they play in the French League are just an absolute joke, and they roll over everyone. And then they get paired with Liverpool and Napoli, who aren't even that good, and they're not even leading their group after spending, I think it was like 300-plus million between last summer and two summers ago, where they spent like another 300. So, you know, I just think it bases off that, that the French League sucks. Um, I mean, their supposed rival in the French League is Monaco and... They're not doing too good either. Uh, they're another laughing stock. But, yeah, I just don't think PSG is going to make it too far in the Champions League. I think their signing of Buffon was pathetic. Uh, just desperate action needed in their in their uh, goal, and that's the decision they make. I just don't think PSG is a great team. Um, I mean, they definitely have talent and can score a goal on anyone in any given moment, but overall as a squad, I think they're – just doesn't hold up. I mean, their goalkeeper, yeah, he's one of the best ever, but he's 
what, 40 years old now, something like that. Uh, I just can't see him going too far. Well, I uh, I know that you've been chomping at the bit to talk about uh, your true your true love, which is Real. Uh, so wanted to kind of hand the uh, hand the mic over to you to kind of talk about your speculation on um, their future, what their current struggles are. You know what you. You know, honestly, I feel pretty shitty about Madrid kind of, you know, right now, but I can't say I didn't season. feel like this last year, and we won. The- when uh ended up winning the fucking Champions League. So, you know, hope's always there being a Real fan. We've won four of the last five. Um, we're obviously the best team on the planet, so I don't really have a doubt about that. But that being said, uh, right now I think it's management, and it's all management's fault. Um, we just sacked our coach like a week and a half ago. Um, we lost Ronaldo, didn't bring any subs. We didn't replace him with fucking anyone. Um brought Mariano who's a fucking joke like to back up Benzema who's another joke um you can't just you can't just lose Cristiano Ronaldo possibly like, super I, fat. arguably I'd probably say the best or second best soccer player right now on the planet and who scores 50 plus goals a season and not expect to bring anyone in and just have the same amount of goals I mean I think it's clearly based on uh, management right now and I think the president needs to resign 100%, and if not, uh, it's just going to continue to go south. Uh, the only reason we're in the league right now, like a couple points behind Barcelona, is because they've been shit in the bed themselves too, but the only real reason Madrid isn't being fucking laughed at right now, which they are, kind of, but completely, is because Barcelona's a shit show too. But yeah, I think it's based on management. Um, you know, the players are running the I locker room I was just about right to now. say that which I don't think is good in any way, shape, or form. They need a, uh, I think he needs to bring in a big-time coach, you know, a Mourinho-type uh, coach, and hopefully he can, uh, you know, sit down Ramos and all the hotshots in the uh, locker room and tell him who's boss. Um, but I think the president definitely needs to go, and that would be my first and only move as of right now. And then obviously need to sign a star probably in the summer, but... You know, you can't just replace Cristiano Ronaldo with your bench because uh, Gareth Bale fucking sucks. Well, uh, excited to kind of uh, see how your picks pan out, um, kind of how the rest of these group stages go, uh, as well as, you know, Real's future. So we'll obviously uh, have you keep us in the loop, and we'll make sure to kind of continuously add to our Instagram feed, our Twitter feed, a little bit more of some uh, Champions League and some European football. So. Um, definitely appreciate you chatting about that and wanted to uh, also give you the opportunity to chat a little bit about your other passion, which is beast ball. Uh, didn't think I would be saying this again, but congratulations on the fucking World Series. Okay, now that that's over, Tom, Boston fan, Alvaro, Boston fan, you guys can jerk off on each other. Uh, but I know that we wanted to talk a little bit about MLB uh, free agency. We uh, said we hung up the bats, but there's obviously a lot of big names to discuss, so um, I'll let you guys kind of run through that right now. Yeah, sorry about that. hate to be the guy bringing up baseball again fucking mid-November, but there are some big names in free agency this year, uh, Bryce Harper being one of them. Jay, what are, what's the uh, you know 
thought around DC and where do people think he's fucking going? Do they think he's staying or do you guys think he's out? Uh, well, I, I mean, I, I mean, Tom, Sorry, go for Tom. it. I just I saw today that uh, a story came out that he turned down what was called an aggressive offer from Washington. So that must have been I don't know three twenty five three hundred and forty million dollars at least, and he said no. Yeah, so I, I think, think he's going to get paid. He's out of Washington at this point. Okay, I think he's definitely going to beat Stanton's mark. I think he's looking at like four hundred plus million. At least ten years. Um, I mean, the problem the problem is with the exception of the Capitals, Washington is notorious for a not making the playoffs, and if they do make the playoffs, they choke. So you said that uh, last think, year, and I told you the Caps were gonna fucking win. All right, I said with the exception of the Caps. All right, easy does it, killer. But with that being said, I think Harper is still obviously a very young talent, uh, and I think the last thing that needs to happen is, you know, have him kind of linger and stay in the city in hopes to bring them that title, but also waste his fucking, you know, his youth and his uh, his talent kind of staying there in hopes that that comes because it, it's not looking like it is uh, anytime soon. Yeah, I feel that. You know, honestly, if I were the L.A. Dodgers after signing uh, Kershaw and getting him back, I'd literally just throw a fucking blank check at the guy and sign him for whatever the fuck he wants. Um He'd look great in pinstripes. Yeah, I could see him in New York, too. I don't want to, but I could see that happening. I'm sure they'll pick up a bat this year. Um, They just re-signed CC Sabathia like two hours ago. Um, He's he's solid, good pitcher, but I think they will pick up someone else on the free agent market. Probably Patrick Corbin, who's from New York, who went off this year. I'm a CC guy, but I I just – I don't know, man. I think – He's kind of on on his uh, on his last yeah, leg yeah. for sure. He's yeah, but role. I think I think it's yeah. a good signing one year. But I think they'll also pick up another fucking starting pitcher, Dallas Keuchel or Patrick Corbin. Both are pretty fucking sick. Um, and the Yankees are just the Yankees with a fuck ton of money and can literally sign whoever they want. Talk to us a little bit about some of these other players in the. Uh... In the free agency realm. Well, you got Machado, too. I don't think anyone's interested in signing him. I mean, unless you got a shitty team, but I'm a Red Sox fan, so I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm good in that I'm, category. I'm short. I'm <laughs> um, but speaking of the Red Sox, Kimbrell, uh, we're probably going to lose him. Um, good closer. Might go back to Atlanta. I don't think so, though. Yeah, there's talk of him going back. I just don't think they have the bucks to spend on him. Um, I feel like the Red Sox are going to match any one of those offers, but you never know. Yeah, I I, I am hesitant to see him go just because of everything he's done for the Red Sox. But with everyone else that you know needs to be re-signed or is coming up to be signed in the next couple of years, I think they're going to part ways with him. Um, and just kind of explore our bullpen and other options there. Uh, one team that sort of is up for grabs and for any player, um, including all the ones we've mentioned, is the Philadelphia Phillies. And when you look at their pitching staff, uh, particularly with Cy Young candidate Aaron Nola, uh, Zach Eflin, uh, and, and the young core players they have there, they're like one major bat away from being a legitimate playoff contender. 
Yeah, I completely agree. I think they'll sign Machado, to be honest. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Machado ends up there. Um, Frankly, they have the bankroll to pay Machado and Harper, which is scary. The the likelihood of that happening is probably slim. But (laughs) expect the Phillies to make a a big splash. Yeah, I think they'll be tossing out blank checks left and right in free agency, but we'll see. Um, But, yeah. I think that's pretty much it for uh, free agents I wanted to touch up on. Other than uh, maybe another starting pitcher for the Sox, who was big throughout the postseason. Evaldi is another free agent who I think uh, should probably just resign in Boston. Yeah. Yeah, I bet you both would. Well, uh, (laughs) uh, that... uh... That's exciting. I'm excited to kind of see where these guys land. I think the Philly point is uh, something that we should continue to kind of follow and focus in on, hopefully be on top of that and post that shit before anybody else does. Um, but, uh, yeah, so let's uh, – I'll kind of turn it over to you guys in terms of whether or not you want to talk about college basketball or maybe wait another week to see uh, how things heat up. Up to you. I'll uh, turn the mic over to you guys. Brick, brick shit house. <laughs> or what they're, uh, or what they're feeding just, him. Just, uh, just a heads up. Breaking news right now. They are just taking the floor. The, uh, the previous game was Michigan State and Kansas. Uh, Michigan State number ten, uh, and Kansas obviously the number one team. Uh, Kansas pulled it out late, ninety three, eighty seven. Game ran a little late. Um, and on the topic of college basketball, I didn't realize how many starters that Kansas brought back. Uh, they look unbelievable tonight against a, a, what should be another good Michigan State team. Particularly, uh, they have Devontae Graham at point guard again, and uh, their monster center, Azabuke, one of the best names in college basketball. Uh, he's back, too. Uh, and they they look ready to contend for another title on night one. I will say, uh, just to follow up on uh, Brent mentioning previously, Zion, uh, don't know if you guys caught it. We posted it previously. Uh, His dunk from the free throw line uh, several weeks back, super impressive. We'll make sure to resurface that. But this kid is an absolute freak. Um, Like Brent said, he's 18 years old. He's got a hell of a lot more growth uh, in him both physically um, and obviously uh, fundamentals in terms of a player. So excited to see him play the rest of the season. Hopefully he can stay healthy. 
Um, he is a heavy set dude, and he looks like he's built fairly well. So I mean, he's right now. I, I would say it's a safe bet that he's everyone's uh, choice to be the you know number one overall draft pick. Uh, we'll see how the season pans out. Um, also in action uh, before we move on, my number six Tennessee Volunteers, um, highest preseason ranking in quite some time. Um, definitely the most excited people have been about the program since the Bruce Pearl days. Um, they beat the dog shit out of some little college uh, from North Carolina called Lenore Ryan, um, I think, North Carolina, tonight. Uh, but, you know, they're returning the SEC Player of the Year in Grant Williams. Uh, basically, his his co-pilot, Ad, Admiral Schofield, they're, you know... Another great name. Yeah, Admiral and Grant, yeah. Uh, and, by the way, they're, they're both from, like, fucking just big military stock. Um, awesome guys, and they're, like, the most formidable duo in the SEC, which, by the way, is one of the deep, probably the second deepest conference in college basketball this season behind um, the ACC. I think the, the SEC fielded six, if not seven, uh, preseason top 25 teams. Uh, they, after having eight teams in the tournament last year, they'll, they'll probably send eight or nine again this year. Uh, so really establishing themselves, you know, and now as a basketball conference. So excited about Tennessee, uh, excited about um, Kentucky, Auburn, LSU has a good young core. Uh, Arkansas, Vandy has a five star on the floor. So yeah, uh, Tom, you got anything? You Man, want to add? is it March Madness yet? Not yet. Not yet. Can't wait. No. Uh, no, that that's in March. <laughs> yeah. No, I uh, I was actually surprised when I just saw Tennessee at six. Um, I'm rooting for them, uh, and you know it's it's just a lot to take in. Just kick back, enjoy the slate of a couple hundred games today. Um, and it's you know it's just gonna get better from here. Weekends are gonna be for college football and that's college that's basketball. what I'll say um, about uh, about college basketball. The thing that it brings us is Tuesday night action. You know, um, most of the time Tuesday night action, <laughs> it's just baby. a little Tuesday night action, man. Uh, you all know, right, pe- all right, all right. Pe- people aren't as in tune to the Major League Baseball regular season, so although there are fuckload of games on Tuesdays, you know, now now that it's basketball season, we got we got football Thursday through Sunday, uh, Thursday through Monday rather, and now we got uh, now we got college basketball and the NBA throughout the week. So it's, it's fuck the NBA, and it's like also, sensory overload. Hockey, of course. Oh, a little bit of chill, baby. A little bit of chill. Yeah. I don't know if you guys want to uh, postpone that segment until next week and just go right into some banner. What are you guys thinking? We, we should just mention the fact that uh, uh, what's the dude's name uh, from the Blackhawks? Joel Linville? Mike Mike Quinlan? Yeah. Joel like Quinville. Quinville. What about him? Um. You know, one took Chicago Blackhawks to three Stanley Cups. He was uh, the second winningest coach in NHL history, as a matter of fact. Um, but they, they basically made the move, you know, uh, after missing the playoffs last year for the first time in a decade. Uh, they started th- this season fairly hot um, in, a, in an extremely deep central division. Uh, but they have skidded. I think they've earned one point in their last out of their last possible ten. Um, and. They just fucking went ahead and pulled the trigger. So this early into the season, um, after having missed the playoffs only one time, um, and with three Stanley Cups to his name, that's that's pretty fucking ruthless. Um, you don't you just don't see them see them happen like that all the time. Um, so definitely one of those decisions that uh, as a front office you you hope 
pans out because if you cut your Hall of Fame coach uh, free and then the next guy you hire, who, by the way, is their minor league, uh, their AHL affiliate head coach, um, fucking 31 years old, I believe. Uh, it's going to be the 31-year-old head coach of the Chicago Blackhawks. If I'm wrong on that, he's F&A, 33. F&A, Cotton, F&A. Yeah, that, I mean, that's like us in like six years, like coaching the professional fucking hockey team. Yeah, that's – um. That is pretty ruthless. I mean, he's obviously got a pretty solid resume. I don't think he's going to have a hard job or hard time, I should say, finding another job. Um, but definitely, probably pretty heartbreaking. Like having that sit down and being told, you know, you got to pack your bags and get the fuck out after you brought all this kind of fame and uh, success. So, yeah, fuck you, know. Porter. Yeah. yeah, fuck you, Porter. Fuck you, Porter. Um, well. Big Al, you got any thoughts on the NHL before we kind of roll into banner here? I mean, other than the Rangers suck. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah, man. Not really. Fire that occurred fire last, year. last year. Yeah, exactly. Not really. I mean, I definitely agree with what you guys were saying. With Joel Quinville, a great coach, but I think he needed to go. It was about time. Um, you know, they didn't even make the playoffs last year. Just having fucking Patty Kane and... Uh, Jonathan Taze and not making the playoffs. There's just no excuses. Um, so, you know, I think it was the right move. Obviously a tough one to make after winning, what was it, three Stanley Cups, I think, um, yeah. with that squad. But, you know, hopefully it'll pan out for him. Um, I, I think it was the right decision. But other than that, you know, not, not much to say about the NHL now. Toronto looks sick per usual. Uh, definitely the sickest team on paper. Um, and Tampa looks pretty good again, but they'll probably choke uh, like they usually do. So no, I don't really have anything to say about uh, the NHL right now. It's still pretty early. What are your thoughts on the um, returning reigning champs, the Washington Capitals? What are your thoughts on their season this year? You know, honestly, I think they're going to be just as good as they were last year. Uh, they were my pick last year, you know that, G. Um, but uh, I don't know. I mean, I think they're good overall. Holpe's fucking sick. Uh, Ovi's still Ovi, and, you know, I don't know. They have a pretty solid core, I think, between Kuznetsov and fucking Backstrom. I think they'll, they'll be set for a couple more years. Um, I don't know how deep they'll go this year. I don't think they'll repeat, to be honest. Only the Penguins do that kind of shit, but... Um, you know, I think I think they'll be good. I think they'll be solid. Solid playoff team. A little bit of a Caps Rangers matchup. Not that it will be um, all that much of a competition. But with that being said, uh, we'll go right into some banners so we can close out tonight's uh, episode. Right off the bat, I thought this was a really good one that stood out. Would you guys rather have a dog with cat-like personalities or a cat with dog-like personalities? I couldn't wait to get the chance to answer this question. Um, and it's definitely a fucking cat with dog-like personality. Um, dogs are awesome, but it's, it's all because of their personality. What I'll, what I'll say about cats, I fucking hate cats, as, as should all of you. Um, but athletically, as a specimen, they're insane. Uh, cats, cats are insanely athletic. For them to have verticals uh, with that proportion to their own body height, you know, they fucking, they're only like nine inches tall, but they jump 59 inches off the ground. It's its crazy shit. So uh, I can't imagine not, 
my dog uh, being able to do all that shit. You know, I was going to say not not to go on a tangent, but I don't think we would have domesticated dogs if they had cat-like personalities. Those things would be fucking murdering people. Yeah, um, but that just sounds like, sick. Uh, just a lovable little athletic freak running around and purring, you know, or or barking, whichever one they do. All right, I like that, Tom. What do you got? Uh, I'm gonna roll with a dog that has cat-like personalities. Like when Ooh. I think of the personalities, I don't think of its athletic feats that it may or may not be able to pull on me. But I'm thinking, like you have a, if you have like a very hyperactive dog that's always like in your face, like go go go, let's go outside, fucking feed me, <laughs> I'm hungry, I got a shit, let's go back outside. It's fucking all over the place. If yeah, you have a newsflash, cat- Tom, if you want a dog with a cat-like personality, get a fucking cat, bro. No, because I don't want a little furry cat. I want a, a nice big dog that's like, hey, If you want a piece up? of shit animal, I'm going to go one. chill over here. <laughs> give, it, you know, give it a few minutes of love. Give it some FaceTime. Be like, all right, I'm fucking done. I'm good. I'm going to go lay over here. You can sit on your couch. I'll hit you up in a little bit. It's just way more chill. And that's why I'm taking the dog with the cat. It's the best of both worlds dog wrong. with cat-like so personalities wrong. well i'm going with cat i'm going with cat with dog-like personalities and i'll let uh Thank big you. al uh determine the uh the tie here i'm gonna have to go with the tie because i'd way rather have like in terms of physically i'd way rather have a fucking dog than a cat cats kind of gross me out and like tom like tom was saying uh i think they're just fucking you know chiller like i'd more independent like i'd rather have a fucking <laughs> chill dog yeah, than like a weird right. ass fucking cat um well this could Embrace be race debate yeah 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 i like that uh this could be um a long segment segment or a very short segment uh, have any of you guys watched making a murderer two season two i should say no i haven't uh, watched season one all right well yeah, only you watch that white trash bullshit i recommend you guys take a look <laughs> at either. it actually really crazy shit uh, wrapping up season one, I thought that the guy was just guilty as hell. I was like, this guy can't read a book. He definitely murdered this <laughs> yeah. woman. Even um, if he's not guilty, just keep this guy in jail. Yeah, I'm like, let's just do it. <laughs> uh, and then season two comes around, and this crazy-ass woman, uh, this attorney, comes in, and she finds out like this slew of evidence that basically is linking these cops uh, to have potentially planted evidence. So uh, kind Whoops. of mind – Kind of mind-numbing stuff. You can't do Whoops. that. Whoops. <laughs> yeah, that's a no-no. Well, just uh, uh, run o- run over like the last you know bit of the plot, so I don't have to watch it. Yeah. yeah so thanks for me basically, what basically up to where I'm is this at guy right guilty now, or now is uh, they um, entered a shitload of evidence that they said was used for the murder that was involved in the murder evidence that was found at the murder scene. Uh, after thorough investigations with an actual attorney and not corrupt cops, uh, they found that like the bullet that was apparently used to shoot a woman in the fucking head didn't have an ounce of blood on it. Uh, so yeah, whoa, okay, newsflash, probably wasn't used to shoot her in the head. Um, and then they found droplets of blood that were used basically with the tips of Q-tips uh, to smear it on as if it was found in a car, like he had cut his finger or it was the victim's blood, uh, when it was like blatantly like they took fucking paintbrushes and like went into a car and was like, uh, so uh, pretty gnarly stuff. There's like a lot of, of fingers pointing to the fact that there are some really shady people in uh, Mat- Matitowoc, Matitowoc, I think, County, Wisconsin. Um, so majority of the oh, phone... Yeah. 
Yeah, well, majority they're, they're of the phone nice calls and shady go up there. like this. Hey, uh, hey, Steven, how's it going? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's cold out here. Yeah. <laughs> Everything okay? Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> the dialogue Just is... Eat, eating some cheese, yeah. Yeah, dialogue's tough, but the storyline's pretty fucking cool. So, uh, that's that. Um, and for somebody who probably was making about $18,000 a year, um, fun fact... If you are making more than $18,000 a year, uh, you are among the 4% of the richest people on earth. So uh, power power to you, I guess. Uh, That's one way to well, justify my shitty paycheck. Yeah, yeah. If yeah, if you want to if you want to feel good about yourself then then read that stat. Yeah, Listen I don't, to I don't it feel over so and over bad again. Now. Yeah, exactly. Power well, 4%. Uh, Let's go ahead and wrap things up here, boys, with some uh, buzzer beaters. Yeah, yeah, rich, bitch. Uh, Thomas, take it away. Uh, yeah, so on, I just want to drop a, a page out of Shakespeare's book here and give you some music history. Uh, on November 6th, 10 years ago, uh, Jay-Z dropped American Gangster, which happened to be his 10th studio album um, and just uh, you know an, another classic from one of the all-time greats. No doubt, I will, I will. I will give some props to that. Love that album. Loved loved old Jay. Loved the movie too. Good, great movie. Good old no, Jay. Great yeah, movie. Great movie. Great movie. Denzel, another great guy. Great guy. If you guys are listening, yeah. fucking love it. I mean, Denzel is he a real one? I mean, he's he's as real as it gets. Real you know as what it I mean? gets. He don't fuck around. Um, well, my buzzer beater for the week is a shout-out to uh, the Joe Horn-inspired touchdown celebration uh, this weekend by Michael Thomas, um, who whipped out a flip phone um, in the Saints-Rams <laughs> matchup. And I don't know if he actually ended up calling someone. I haven't seen a flip phone like in the last 18 years, so I don't know where the fuck he got that. Uh, but I can imagine you can find anything on eBay or Craigslist these days. Um if you're, if anybody's using that, everyone uses Amazon. Um, but yeah, that's that's my shout out. Thought that was a pretty fucking stellar little selly. Uh, I didn't exactly have any cool buzzer beaters, but I did just get literally right now. I feel like this is fitting, even though it's not. Got this text from my buddy in Colorado who was standing in line at the polling station, saying, "I wish you could have seen this dude asking for signatures to petition for the legalization of psilocybin." Uh, which obviously is a psychoactive component in mushrooms. So I can only imagine this guy standing at the polling station in Colorado asking for a petition for mushrooms. Man, that guy uh, probably got a million signatures. You got to love election season, and you got to love Colorado. And speaking of election season, no one gives a shit how you feel. Stop tweeting about it. Yeah, and stop taking fucking pictures of yourself. Like, nobody cares. That, that mainly that. I, I wasn't even going to say that, but I'm glad you I'm, did. I'm going to say it. I saw that you mentioned pictures. it, and I'm just going to highlight it again. Nobody gives a shit that you voted. All right? You did your fucking civic duty. Now shut the fuck up and go home. Correct. Ladies Got and gentlemen, him. as always, it was an absolute pleasure. I want to thank... Big Al over here calling in from Madrid. It's about 4 a.m. We can't thank you enough. Seriously appreciate the conversation. Thanks for having me, boys. Anytime. Absolutely, thank man. You, Hopefully man. we'll get you on a little bit later on down the road uh, as the NHL season picks up. As for the rest of you, peace the fuck out. We'll see you next week. Later. Turn the music up in the headphones.
Making came from the bottom of bottom to the top of the pops. Nigga, London, Japan, and I'm straight off the block. Like a running back. Get it, man? I'm straight off the block. I can run it back, nigga, cause I'm straight with the rock. Come on, you feeling like a pimp, nigga? Gone, brush your shoulders off. Ladies is pimps too, gone, brush your shoulders off. Niggas is crazy, baby, don't forget that boy told you, kid. In the kitchen with soda, I just whipped up a watch, trying to get me a rover, trying to stretch out the coca like a wrestler, yes sir, keep the heck of the close, you know them smokers are tension, but like 52 cards went out, I'm through dealing now, 52 bars come out, now you feel them now, 52 cards roll out, remove ceiling in case 52 bras come out, now you chilling with a boss, bitch, cards FC on the sleeve, at the 4040 club ESPN on the screen, I play the grip for the jeans, plus the Slippers is clean, no chrome on the wheels. I'm a grown up for real. Chill. You feeling like a pimp, nigga? Gone, brush your shoulders off. Ladies is pimps too, gone, brush your shoulders off. Niggas is crazy, baby, don't forget that boy told you, kid. That, turn up your shoulder, you got a kid. That, turn up your shoulder, you got a kid. That, turn up your shoulder, you got a kid. That, turn up your shoulder, you got a kid. That, turn up your shoulder, your boy back in the building. Me and my beautiful bitch in the back of the back. I'm the realest to run it. I just happen to rap. I ain't got a clap at them. Niggas scared of that black. I dropped that black album, then I back out it as the best rapper alive. Nigga, X about me from bricks to billboards, from grams to Grammys. The O's the opposite. Off and Danny, you got a part in chain for selling out the garden in the day. I'm like a young Marvin in his hay. I'm a hustler, homie. You a customer crony. Got some dirt on my shoulder. Could you brush it off for me? If you feeling like a pimp, nigga, gone, brush your shoulders off. Ladies is pimps too, gone, brush your shoulders off. Niggas is crazy, baby. Don't forget that boy told you, kid. That dirt up your shoulder, you got a kid.